And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric Flaherty is on the air now. Seven fifty-five is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer at the Athletic, with Eric Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's happening out there, everybody? Man, bad news for the Braves this uh, AM with uh, the announcement that Max Freed is going back on the IL. Um, I mean, the good news is it's nothing like a forearm strain or anything like that that should keep him out of the postseason. The bad news is this recurring blister thing. Um, I think it's obviously the smart move to not try to have him make another start. He, he would have probably made two more. Um, one, you know, in five days and one at the very end of the season. But you can't afford to have it pop up again before the postseason. So I think just to shut him down for the life for two weeks before his first uh, division series start is, is the thing to do. But, but, but the, uh, the concern obviously is that, you know, it pops up again in his first game in the division series. Yeah. Or just that he's not sharp, you know, having that time off, I think he'll be able to keep throwing and, and keep it covered, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough situation. I never understood why these blisters are so hard to manage. I didn't get them, but I remember Derek right. Lowe dealt with them every season. And, I mean, he was constantly in the training room painting things on his finger, trying to trying to keep that thing from turning into a problem. Yeah, I mean, the guys that don't have them, that's the reaction of all of them. Like, I don't get it. But then the guys that yeah. do have them, it's like, okay, we try everything. And then everybody makes these suggestions online and everything like, they're the first to hear about pickle brine or urinating yeah. on your hands, which is also something, believe it or not, some people did. Um, but there's all everybody has tried everything. Believe me, your your granddad did not give you the secret to preventing blisters that major league pitchers do not know about. Yeah, your granddad happen. didn't want it more than Max Freed. <laughs> exactly. Oh, pickle brine. Why didn't I think of that? I've never heard that. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it's a problem. The, you know, it's an amazing thing is you look at his stats this year. When this guy has pitched, he's been terrific. Yeah. So he comes off the DL and he's just as sharp. He came off the IL for that Cub start after three months and looked like vintage Max Freed. It was amazing. And, I mean, even watching him last night, it's like you wouldn't know he missed any time this year. He's watching yeah. him. You know, he's yeah. one of those rare pitchers that can make X's – you know, starting pitchers always talk about wanting to make X's on both sides of the plate. And an example of that would be like throwing a sinker that runs off the plate and a slider that runs back off. So those two pitches kind of cross in their pass. He can do that vertically and horizontally. He could throw a four-seam fastball up and a curveball off it, and he's got that sinker, and then he could throw his slider slash cutter off it. Yeah. And then he has a changeup too. So he has so many tools that he can use and they're all good pitches and he can throw them all for a strike and locate them. I mean, it's, it, I, you forget when a guy's out how good he is and then he pitches like last night. And I mean, it changes yeah. everything if he's healthy. And he's so tenacious and he's so intelligent. 
and he works so well with his catchers that he just has the whole package that you want in a starting pitcher, an ace starting pitcher. He's so steady. Um, nobody wants to win more than this guy. I mean, he gets on the mound and his personality is like a, a it's like you flip a switch. He goes from this mild-mannered guy off the field to as tenacious as anyone on the field. I mean, he is, you know, the proverbial bulldog. Um, you see yeah. it in his eyes right away. Yeah, yeah. Dave Seek says, can you talk about what Free will be able to do while on the I.L.? Any insight into what the throwing crap will look like? It'll be basically the same throwing program. I mean, he can do all the things. He'll, he'll tape it up like he did the first time when he threw last week. He'll throw his first. He'll throw a bullpen probably with it taped. You can put all the uh, stuff on it, the super glue, whatever they use. You can protect it when you throw in the pen. You just can't use that stuff in a game. Yeah, yeah. And he won't have the same touch, obviously, right, Eric, trying to throw in a pen with his finger taped. It's really not. I mean, it, it's hard to explain how much feel matters, but, I mean, you're talking about the elite of the elite and every little tiny thing that, that is different or changes yeah. makes a major difference. Um, he'll still be able to throw and keep his arm in shape which is huge, you know, like if you had an arm injury or hamstring or something that's preventing you from throwing, then that's when you're really right. set back. And that's the toughest thing about it is there's, there's nothing you can really do for these blisters except give it time. I mean, yeah. And try all the, all the things that they've done. And, and you know what, he's had this thing under control in recent years. He had an IELTS stint at the uh, beginning of uh, 21, early in 21, came back from that obviously quite well, but, um, you know, with the exception of that, he really hasn't had him in the last three years. And because it used to be a real problem for him in the minor leagues and early in his major league career, he used to get him a lot. Like the temperature, you know, would change. He'd get him from friction and, 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 and when, sometimes when he was sweaty, you know, it's just little factors that come into play with people who where, are Where you up. put the ball on your fingertips, you know, where the right. seam is at. Um, but you don't, yeah. the way he's pitching, you don't want to change any of that. Right. He talked about it's more, he said he has them all the time, little ones. It's just a matter of where they are on his finger. In other words, he has them when he doesn't even tell, doesn't even say anything about it. Yeah. Because it's not affecting, he can, he can work around it. But when it's like in the index finger, right on the pad of the finger, he can't really do it because he obviously relies on that so much for so many of his pitches. Yeah. And I think it's also something that if this was the postseason, he's out there in his next start. But, you have to manage it here where you don't want him to have to be uncomfortable or not. You can't risk it because what's the point yeah. of him having two awesome starts right now and getting you a two game lead or two extra game lead for home field advantage that you already got pretty good odds of versus the risk of missing the playoff start with this, or are you having a bad playoff start if it develops mid start? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You just can't afford to do this. So you got to shut it down and get it completely healed. The good thing is that, like we said, he's so experienced and he has shown time and time again that he can come back from these things and not need, you know, a start to get tuned up. And he'll throw, they'll have sim games. They're going to have a couple of sim games, I was told, between uh, the end of the season and, uh, the, and the start of the division series. Unlike last year, they're going to ramp it up a little bit and have more uh, more uh, actual games, some of the other games or inter-squad games. You have and to. He obviously can throw like in the first one of those or something as a side session or whatever when it's by then his fingers should be fine. So it's going to be interesting. But like I said, it's not like last year when he was coming back from the flu and lost 15 pounds, you know, or when uh, Strider was coming back or last year when Strider was coming back from the uh, oblique, oblique and yeah. had pitched in a couple of weeks and just didn't, ran out of gas. 
because he couldn't throw much during it. When you have an oblique, you can't throw like you can with a blister and you wrap it up. You can't do that with an oblique. Yeah, and a blister is so straightforward, too. I mean, you can just look at it and see what's happening. With an oblique, it's right. like you might start feeling better, but if you push it, it could pop again and set you back a month or two. Like you said, uh, he was so good last night. Six strong against the Nationals. He didn't feel it till the last inning again, just like the previous start when he felt it. Allowed just three hits, one run, one walk with seven strikeouts. That was on like three extra days rest, almost 10 days. Um, he goes out and shows no signs of any of any rustiness or whatever. That's just, this is his third aisle stint this year. He had strained a hamstring on opening day, missed 15 days with that, came back from that, showed no ill effects. And then uh, had three plus months on the IL, three months on the IL for the forearm strain. And really, I think we all wondered how he would come back from that. Him and Kyle Wright, yeah. you, know, you wondered if they'd be any good this year. You hope they would be in the final weeks of the season. Well, Freak came back from his, and he's been like he didn't miss a beat. Kyle Wright can't be the same thing can't be said for him, unfortunately. Right. Uh, but Freed's man. 14 starts this year between three IL stints. He's eight and one with a two five five ERA, 80 strikeouts, 18 walks, and 77 to two thirds innings. I mean, that's terrific. I mean, he's an ace. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's Cy Young stuff. If you do it twice as many starts. Yeah, yeah. It's... And since the IL stint, he came back, and he was six and zero oh and two with a two seven nine ERA, nine starts, fifty five strikeouts, twelve walks, and fifty one in. So basically, the same stats. Yeah, and he's just—I mean—he's so consistent. Yeah, the one thing that makes me feel really good about this situation is that he's never really caught up in a moment anyway. When you look at him, when you watch him pitch, it's—he's the same guy no matter what. So it's not like this downtime and then jumping into the uh, playoff atmosphere is going to rattle him or, or fire him up yeah. too much or have any rust or he's going to be feeling any pressure. It, he loves those moments. You can see it in his eyes. Yeah. Um, it, it's pretty true. He went six innings or more in six of the nine starts that's coming back. And the two, uh, the one that he didn't, he was because the blister in Philadelphia before this. So uh, one of the ones that he did not. Uh, so yeah, he's, you can, I could, I fully expect him to come back from this thing and in his division series start. It, I would, I would expect him to go six or seven innings, depending on you know, yeah, how the game's going. But I think he'll be in that kind of that kind of condition. Uh, he won't miss anything as far as conditioning. You know, the good way of looking at it, if you're looking for a positive, is he's going to have a fresh arm. He does right now, and it and it shows. Yeah. He's out there pitching. Looks like a guy in May, not a guy that's uh, yeah, he does. That's thrown 175 innings this year. No, I mean that's. There's times where these things, you, you know, they haven't needed him this year, and you can't do it on purpose. And you never would, but I think teams would love to have a guy like him. That's only how many innings does he have this season? Yeah, he's only got uh, he's only got 77 innings. Yeah, so if you could take an ace and have him only 70 innings deep and go into October, yeah, I mean you can't like you can't ask for a better situation than that. I mean, in a way, that's what the Dodgers do with Kershaw these days is how, how few innings he throws, you know, aiming yeah. for the postseason. But um, the, the other side of that is if it wasn't the bliss, if it wasn't a blister, you could say a guy with such a fresh arm that you'd be able to use free on regular or short rest even in the postseason. Yeah. Which they don't do that anymore. I know Bobby used to always do it, but they hardly ever do it anymore. Not many teams do it because it hasn't worked very well and pitchers aren't trained anymore to go. 
you know, 225 innings during the season and then go on short rest. You know, they, they just aren't trained to do it anymore. They can't even go 110 innings in a regular season start. Or they're not allowed yeah. to. So, yeah. But the problem with uh, with uh, using Freed on regular or short rest in a postseason would be the nature of his injury. I mean, if it's a blister and you're starting to get a hot spot at all, the last thing in the world you'd want to do is make your next start without as much or more rest than usual. Yeah, and it's like he's feeling these things at the end of his start, so it's obviously yeah. just the friction adding up. You'd want to give it more time to kind of calm down. I, I guess, and, and it's, it's so impossible to to time it or to know exactly when it's going to happen. But obviously, if you'd have known in each of his last two starts that it was going to pop up in his last yeah, inning, take him out at eighty pitches. <laughs> you would have taken him out an inning earlier than you planned. But then if that yeah. happened, you know, if you, if you tried, if you if you intended to do that last night in the after five, then who's to say it wouldn't happen in the fifth? You just don't know. In other words, yeah, when it's going to happen, but. I don't know, man. It's it's the last thing they needed right now. The problem is too that, unlike some some seasons where you had an obvious fourth, fifth guy, you know, you had a you had a couple of guys competing for that final postseason roster, uh, postseason uh, rotation spot. You don't have that this year. You could no. argue that after Freed, Strider, and Charlie Morton. And even Charlie's not the same Charlie he used to be. I mean, you're hoping he steps it up in the postseason, but he's had some really inconsistent outings. But after those three, you get under Bryce Elder, and while Elder looked like a – I mean, he was an all-star for a good reason. But since since midseason, he has been wildly inconsistent. I mean, he has had battles with command, and you just don't know what you're going to get. So, But right now, he's your fourth guy, and you are going to need the fourth starter a time or two in the postseason. Where would you turn after him, though? Because Kyle just hasn't responded how you'd hoped he would. Maybe he will, but but he's not. He's running out of time. Yeah, and the postseason, there's not as many off days anymore. It's kind of crammed in, so you can't really just do. I mean, you could still have a short leash, you know. I mean, you could throw Kyle or whoever after, and if they are struggling, then you just ride your pen hard. And luckily, the Braves have a lot of depth down there. But yeah, you definitely yeah, like to have somebody you feel good about back there. And they've got guys that can go multiple innings. A few of those right. guys. So that's, that's going to be yeah. that could be huge in a postseason. I mean, man, think about how big Jesse could be if he pitches like he did the other day. He looked good. Um, here's the thing: you you alluded to the uh, you mentioned the, the the days off. There's a wrinkle that's going to really could really benefit the Braves, especially now. Last year, in the division series round. There was this weird off day after the game one of the AL division series. I'm covering the NL, so I'm, I'm not obviously – I was looking at the days. And you want to make sure you schedule hotels on the right days and all that. So I had to look at it a few times last year going, wait a minute. Why is there an extra off day in the division series? And it's because they after the initial – after the game ones, they don't want all of the postseason series on both sides, AL and NL, being on the same day. They like to stagger right. the ratings. Well, this so the year, NL got that the, this year? That's in the NL this year. Nice. So you play game one of the division series, and then you have an off day. Then you play game two, and then you have a travel day. So that could really benefit the Braves as far as being oh, able yeah. to use their first three starters for all the starts in the division series if you wanted to. It just it allows you to ride your pen harder. It allows you to take oh, yeah. them in and have them throw two. You go into extras. Iglesias throws two. 
Yeah. You can bring, you could throw a reliever game one, you could throw him three or four innings and he's ready for game three instead of having guys down and, and, or even just extending them too much to where you're questionable how they're going to perform. That extra off day is huge. I mean, it will give that wild card team an extra day to get to a starter they want to use too. Yep. But yeah, I think it's, if you're anytime you're asking questions about starters, like you're three or four down there, but you have a strong pen, I think it's so much more freedom for a manager to be like, all right, you're done. And bring in whoever you want. You can bring in your hottest guy in the sixth and let him go two and a third. Yeah, right. The only place it would it, it, it's going to hurt the wild card team is they wouldn't be able to bring back their game one starter that fast. To, you know, right. For their, so they're going to have to start like their game three guy for, in game one of the division series. Yep. Yep. And where if there's some years where the Braves would not have wanted this that extra day in there because you nope. want to be able to use you want your pitching to be able to. Uh, outmatch the other guy without that off day, uh, your depth, your depth would be uh, more important than, yeah. yeah, if a guy's got to say a limited 10, they only got like three relievers, then you that could, that, that extra day is huge. Yeah. Cause you can yeah. ride those three for every game in the division series. Yeah. Kind of like the Braves did in 21, just cause they, they just rode them hard and all those guys all responded. Those three relievers that were incredible in that whole postseason. Yeah, and you get into situations where somebody comes out and shows you something and you want to hit that button as many times as possible. And those extra off days give you a chance to not yeah. not even have them down for a game. Yeah, man, it's interesting. Um, I hate it for free, man, because it really – I mean, he's a year from free agency. He still doesn't have a contract. Don't know how that's going if the Braves are even talking to him yet. But this is not what you want. I mean – He's had to he's had to battle this crap all year, different various stuff. You would hope for his case he could go out this year and have thirty starts and you know pitch one hundred and eighty innings. But I mean, the, the, if you look at looking for glass half full for the Braves in the postseason, you get if you are able to make it to say the World Series, Max Fried should be fresh, and he might be the yep. only guy out there that's fresh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And even in his you know personal situation, you want to have a big free agent year you're probably happy you didn't throw 240 innings a year before, you know, I mean, that sets him up yeah. for a big year next year in a sense. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And everybody's seen enough of him to know, and, you know and again, this, isn't, this isn't an elbow. He's not like has a partial tear. That's going to scare teams away and free. This is a blister thing. And teams have dealt with this stuff. And if they look at what Max Fried has done in recent years, it hasn't been something that's, that's held him back. And even this year, it wasn't a blister. That was the problem. It was, it was the, uh, uh, forearm strain. So, and he obviously came back from that when everybody was going, uh oh, that's usually a harbinger of TJ surgery. Well, he obviously came back and it hasn't even been an issue at all since he returned. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you're not going to have season ending blister repair or something yeah. like that. You know, I mean, when it's, if it's a guy's shoulder that's, yeah, he's gone on the DL twice this year for it or elbow yeah. or something like that, but hamstring and blister is not going to scare any teams. Those are extremely manageable and they're not that important part of your body that you make your money with. Yeah, I covered Al Leiter with the Marlins. He threw a no-hitter against the Rockies. And Al Leiter had blisters all the time. Same thing. And it didn't stop him from having a great career. But uh, he never could completely, you know, um, um, just alleviate the, the situation. So many pitchers have. If you go back, you mentioned Derek Lowe. These guys have access to the best everything treatments. I mean, they have people that do nothing but look for treatments for them. Trying. 
So if there's any cure, like rodeo, what, what like rodeo guys use, you know, that kind of thing, who get blisters, they've tried everything. In fact, there is something yeah. called like rodeo cream or something like that. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but they've used everything. And it's just, if you could cover the finger with something, you know, when you pitch, that would work. Yeah. But you can't because it gives you an unfair advantage or that's what, you know, that's what they say. But, uh, and you wouldn't have the same feel anyway. You, you just prevent the blister from coming back. But You, you wouldn't uh, want to so, do it. And yeah, I mean, pretty soon it's got a little yeah. sandpaper on it or something. And right, right, right. I mean, it just the game, the, the league doesn't want to play that game. Speaking of, man, on, on, on a tangent here, have you seen the video uh, of the podcast that Greg Maddox did where the guy asked him about that incredible backdoor slider that he threw Moises Alou that time? Have you seen that uh-uh. video? Uh-uh. I had not heard this Maddox say this before, but apparently the guy before before them, back when they didn't get new balls like after every yep. pitch, it seems like, the guy before him had grounded out and it dug a little divot in the ball. <laughs> and Maddox said it allowed him to get that extra movement. Because if you look at the movement, you're like, oh, my God, you can't. How yep. does anybody do that? And Maddox said the ball had that had this little dent in it. And, of course, he exploited it. And he said, so immediately, he, Moises got like, just like, oh, my God, Moises just throws his head down. Like, I don't even know how the ball did that. So Maddox immediately is like, give me the ball back. You know, he wanted to keep yep. going. And the next guy, he, he the next guy, like I think it's a couple of pitches later, like uh, Pops went up and he said, and they threw it out. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, <laughs> but he oh, wanted I mean, to be that used using to be that the ball. Best. Yeah. It, it was the but best I, when a guy would foul a ball into the dirt or something. Uh-huh. And that, they did. didn't used to throw them. If you watch now, if a like – if a ball even looks like it scraped the plate, they throw it out. Like every single ball just gets yep. thrown away. But even, you know, as late as when I was pitching the last 10, 10 years ago, a guy would foul ball into the dirt or you throw a first pitch slider and get it in the dirt and the catcher would throw it away and you'd just be like, no, give it back. You, <laughs> you know, know what? That, that's what he said. That's what it was yeah. actually. Not not dent. It was dirt. The guy hit yep. the ground and it, some dirt. There was a spot of dirt like heavy. So it allowed him yep. to, yeah. That's what it was. That thing is like, if you know how to use it, it basically just imagine it being a propeller. You put that on whatever way you want the ball to go away from, and that extra friction on that side just causes the ball to slide straight sideways or straight down, whatever you want to do. Once I learned how to do that, I'd get a scuff ball back, and I could be in a 2-0 count, and I'm like, I'm throwing this right down the middle. It's going to move a foot. It, it's it. A lot of catchers, if the pitcher doesn't know how to use it, will just throw it away. But pitchers that they know know how to use it, they get that and they throw it back before the ump even gets a chance to look at it because yeah. it adds. I mean, I'd say it adds 20, 30 percent movement to a ball if you get that scuff on it. Isn't that something? Yeah. And if you watch that that slider that Maddox threw, oh my God, what a. I got to watch bitch. it. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I've seen the video before, but I had no idea uh, the, of the pitch, but I had no idea of the uh, surrounding elements there. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed Internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, John B says, Murphy or Darno, who do y'all think starts in a postseason? Or do they just base it off matchups? It's interesting. I think a lot of it's going to be matchups. Um, certain pitchers, even if we don't aren't told this, because you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't say he prefers him. or Because they all say they're both great. And they are both great. The, the, the Braves have a luxury in that most no other teams have two guys who are so good at calling games and 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 the tr- having the trust of their pitchers yeah and can hit on top of it and can hit on top of it both of them exactly yeah nobody else has normally that. you're stuck with this decision of the offensive guy that calls an okay gar- uh, a good game and has no arm or yep. you're stuck with this guy that calls an amazing game everybody loves throwing to him but he's hitting with a wet newspaper so yeah it's almost, you know, and most times it winds up being the guy that calls that great game that gets the, the postseason starts and gets in there the most. But, I mean, that's who the pitchers would like to have is whoever's the best back there uh, will sacrifice a bat. But the Braves don't even have to make that choice. So I, I think they just go with whoever's hot with the bat. Yeah, fortunately for them, their offense can carry a guy struggling because the catchers have not been hitting like they did for most of the year. And it yep. doesn't even it hardly even matters. I mean, your offense you can afford to have like yep. two spots in a nine deep lineup that aren't raking. You know, um, you might want Murphy's arm back there, right? That's what I was going to say. Is yep. you might go with both. You can so many factors. Whether this pitcher might have a slight, uh, uh, he might have a favorite as far as who he, who he, who's on the same page with more often. That kind of thing. You could have obviously if you, if the other team has a couple of guys who can really run then you might want Murphy back there if, if you think that could be a factor in the game because he can shut down a, 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 a running game. Um, blocking, blocking, you might have a guy that throws, you know, tends to, to, to bounce a few more balls. All these things could do, if it comes down to that, or if one of these guys is really raking when the postseason starts, like yeah. if Murphy gets hot again like he was for the first two months, three months of his You season, ride him, yeah. You're going to ride him, yeah, and he would get almost all the starts in the postseason. The one year, the, when they won the World Series, remember, Darno started every game. He yep. caught every game. Yep. Because the backup was obviously not nearly as good as, as, a, as a game caller. But this year, that's not a problem. So they're not going to have to have one guy, use one guy for every game. They're going to be able to choose whichever one they, they, they want for a variety of factors will play into that. So, And sometimes it's not even them. like you have a favorite catcher. You you Like there's guys you love throwing to and you just get lit up throwing to them for whatever reason. Right. Right, right. They call the yeah. pitches you want to throw, and it's just, it just it's not a match, and it doesn't work. Yeah, you're like, like I, uh, you, dude, I get lit up. When you're... <laughs> yeah, I got to go with the other guy. But I mean, the team has access to those numbers, and luckily, right. I mean, I there's just these are two starting catchers, and it, the, the other thing, they're both right-handed. Yeah. You know, there's not like you got yeah. a lefty or a righty matchup. So, I mean, I think it's a toss-up, and you just ride the hot hand or the hot bat, whoever whoever it's working with. And you'll also be able to, you're not having to worry about resting a guy for, you know, in the postseason. So you could start a guy, say, say Murphy is, is five for 11 against a guy with two home runs. Yeah. And 
you know, and, and, and Darno is, is one for 12 against that guy. Well, then you're going to go with Murphy, you know, that yep. kind of thing. Say that they bring in a reliever in the fifth inning and, 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 and Darno has incredible numbers against that guy. Well, with the days off and all that, you can make a change in the middle of the game if you want to. I mean, there's a lot of things that could go into this, but you can go with matchups a whole lot more than you would during a season when you're determined to give this guy or that guy a day off and hot, you know, playing every day, day game after night game, all that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think it's a great problem to have to solve. You know, I mean, it's not even a problem. It's just a decision you make based on numbers and what a luxury. Pitchers, what how the pitcher? Yeah, it's just a luxury. I mean, what a luxury. Because if a guy catches that Ray can call a great game. Because it's so easy. Catchers get hurt more than anybody on the field. So how about yeah. if a catcher gets run into, gets a concussion in game two of the division series? Most teams would be like, holy shit, we got to go with our backup, with our 200 hitting backup for the rest of the year, or the rest of the postseason. Well, the Braves are like, oh, we can go with a guy that was an all-star last yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> or a gold glover, I mean, who was leading the world in OPS through the first two, three months of the season. <laughs> Yeah, and the only time that that decision gets tough is, like, I remember when the Red Sox um, won the World Series. You know, I was yeah. watching every game because Rossi's a good friend of mine. And he wasn't – I mean, he had a big home run off Andrew Miller, but he was the hitter he was, and they weren't expecting much offense out of him, but they couldn't stop putting him in there because every game he caught, the pitcher shoved. And uh-huh. that's, that's when you have a tough decision to make where you're like, you know, he's not, he's not going to change the game offensively, but he's so good back there. And I can't remember who their other catcher was, um, but he was an offensive guy. And it, there was questions like, why are they starting Ross in this game? And then each game, it was like, oh, that's why, because they went nine innings, two runs. Right, right. That's when it gets tough is when you're making that decision between offense and, and you know, game calling and defense. But, yeah, they don't have to even – I mean, <laughs> they won a World Series with Darno already and Murphy Rake most of the year. It's like just go yeah. by the matchups and you're doing fine. Um, and the other thing is you've got an option at, at, uh, at DH, if something were to happen to Ozuna, or there's a game where Ozuna just has terrible numbers against the starting pitcher, you got an option, yeah. obvious DH option there. So it just gives you so many options that most other teams don't. Although Ozuna obviously has earned the everyday DH job and it would only have to be an exceptional case where he's just terrible against a certain starting pitcher or something, or he's nicked up or something. But, uh, i tell you what, he's been both durable and terrific uh, as far as prolific in, uh, in his offense since that horrible eight. he's been really yeah good. and he he can just hit two homers any minute you know he can yeah, have a yeah. huge game those are the guys that I love like I love having Rosario on the team because he can just have a like a six RBI game out of the blue he can be doing okay and you're kind of asking questions and all of a sudden he hits yep. a game winning homer and the exactly. next day he hits two more especially in the postseason especially if he faces the Dodgers um, yeah Bo had a great stat last night. Speaking of the most underrated guy on this team, and I know everybody knows he's great and he has a star, he's an all-star and all that, but still, he gets lost in the shuffle because you've got superstars, two guys in the MVP hunt, you got Strider with the strikeouts and all that. Ozzy Albies. Yep, that's what I knew you were going to say. There's 20 other teams with he, where he would be the star of the team. 20. I bet He'd be the Jose Ramirez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Bo had a great stat about him last night. As far as Mark Bowman, as far as uh, 100 RBI, 30 home run seasons by a switch hitter before age 26. I know it's kind of esoteric stat, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. And he's up there with like Chipper, Eddie Murphy. I mean, Eddie Murray. Eddie, Murphy. Eddie Murphy's a comedian. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Murray and these guys. I mean, like Hall of Famers. Nothing but. 
and he's already done it two or three times. And his guy is, he is so steady and he's become a team leader in the clubhouse. He's got this effervescent personality that really is, is crucial to their always being upbeat and positive and having fun. He's the center of that as far as always smiling, always energized. Yeah, you know, Acuna drives this team, obviously, with his offense at the top of the order. He's, he's the guy. And then yeah. Olsen and Riley in the middle with their power, just tremendous. And Harris with the but – but Ozzie brings a certain element to this team that nobody else does or nobody does to the degree he does. He's, he's absolutely vital, man. Oh yeah, I mean it's like he'd be a star on a lot of, te- but it's easy to fall through the cracks when you got a possible forty seventy guy, a guy hitting fifty two home runs, and the rest of the lineup doing what they're doing. It's like you just almost if this lineup. If you hit thirty home runs, you kind of blend in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean even Riley has got a, has gone faded yeah. into the woodwork, and look, he's having a exactly. great year. The, the bar is just so high to stand out offensively yeah. on this team, and I mean Ozzy plays great defense too, but. it's like there's so much talent around you you know i mean he could go to another team and he'd be on every billboard he'd be the guy you're putting up there and talking about every day and we don't even have to talk about the contract because he is the most underrated player in baseball (laughs) oh my god yeah Yeah. that's not to a multi-year deal he's got to be the most underrated well yeah and i think that's another thing that kind of puts you out there too on the map is when you have a big contract yeah yeah you know if he if he had a 150 million dollar deal that kind of changes things as far as expectations and attention you get but when you're making what he's making <laughs> yeah like michael harris signed that deal before he you know three months into his career yeah speaking of harris ethan l asked uh seems like each of the past two years michael harris has gone on a power surge at the back half of the year what do you think is his long-term ceiling as far as power numbers 30 to 40 homers a year type uh i wouldn't say 40 although it's 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 weird to say because you you judge it differently these days because one year you have, you know, you'll have a juice ball. The ballparks keep getting smaller. I mean, things are just different. Uh, but then again, uh, hitters have to face so many more relievers and different pitchers in a game now. So, um, so I might say, if you used to say about a guy, if he's going to be a power hitter, you'd say, yeah, he's going to hit 30 home runs a year. And that was huge. It's yeah. not so much anymore. You know, I mean, there's so many guys that hit 30 now, but yes, he's that kind of hitter to answer your question. I think Michael Harris is a superstar in the making. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. He's I he's got he's a 30 35 talent. homer guy. He's just such huge talent. And the way there's very few guys, Acuna being one, Acuna being one, Miguel Cabrera obviously was the guy. There's very few guys with as much power the other way as Michael Harris has. It just it, it effortless he takes swings and hits line drives that either go off the wall in left field or into the stands. Yeah. I mean, I, he's sucked early this year and he's still got 18 homers and he's in his second year in the big leagues. But how easy his power is, like you're talking about, for me, I, I see him as a, he's going to hit 30 a year. When he when things yeah. when he puts together a full season of production and, and doesn't have one of those big slumps like that, and, I mean – and he He's only sucked be because of the injury. He only sucked right. because of the injuries. He got right. hurt in the first week of the season. Yeah. So he had to come back a month later when everybody else has hit their full stride and is in, and he's back in spring training form. So that's when he sucked. And then he, and yep. then he hurt the knee like his second or third game back. That bothered him over that big brace for a few games. So once he got healthy, he was back to being what he was last year and better. I mean, yeah. at the plate, 
superstar, man. I mean, two, huge. He's at two ninety four. Yeah, yeah. And look what he was getting <laughs> a month into the, his season. Yeah, I mean, his numbers for over half a season rank with anybody's. If you look at his numbers in his in a half season, his last like eighty games or whatever, off the charts, man. His numbers are yeah. Terrific. I mean, he's he's a guy that. I remember Chipper saying that Christian Yelich was going to win an MVP after right. watching him play. And I was, I just didn't have the eye for it yet. You know, it was earlier in my career right? and I was just looking at the numbers and, and, you know, he's not a big dude and I'm, but Chipper's looking at his swing, you yeah. know, he's looking at how his bat path and all that and, and the pitches he's able to handle. And it, this was like maybe Yelich first or second year Chipper goes, that dude's going to win an MVP. And it, the yeah. only reason I I realized it because I didn't I didn't see it at all, but you look at a guy like Michael Harris and it's like if you watch some of the things he does, some of the balls he hits out the other way, some of the pitches he covers, yeah, the easy power, and he's hit. I mean, he's a three hundred hitter, you know. I mean, just that's just he's just that good. Bat to ball, you watch Absolutely. it and you're like, this guy. The only thing that's going to keep him from winning an MVP or or being in the conversation pretty much every year in my mind is that he's playing with Acuna. Yeah, he's playing right alongside Acuna, but the defense, I mean, he's a better defensive player than Acuna. Acuna's damn good, but Harris is even better. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's not going to steal, you know, a ton of bases, but he can steal some bases. He can steal 20, 25 easily. So he might yeah. be a 35 homer, 25 stolen base guy, you know. Playing gold glove center himself. field. Yeah, and have some throw in some years where he hits 40 homers. He might have some 40 yeah. homer years. And, you know, while he's still young, he might have some 30 stolen base years. So, yeah, I mean, he's a there's, yeah, he's he's a he's going to be a great player, not a very good yeah. player. I think he's going to be a superstar, I really do. So, and I was I just looked it up while we we're talking. His last dude, eighty seven games for more than so that's more than half a season. He has yep. hit three thirty nine, Jesus, with a nine twenty eight OPS, fifteen homers, twenty three doubles, three triples. And 15 stolen bases in 18 attempts. That's barely over half a season. So you project those numbers forward. And you're talking right there about that's If he just does those for a full season, you're talking about uh, 25 to 28 home runs. And, you know, he's got 15 homers and 15 steals in 87 games. 81 would be yeah. a half season. So, I mean, that's and hitting 339 that's the things that average with the bat to ball skills man are, are are what you are like kind of like Eddie Rosario although Eddie doesn't hit for that kind of average but he has those bat to ball skills but uh, yeah. the average jumps off for the guy's second full season really first full season because he didn't get called up until uh, late May last year there's just no better realization a, a hitter can have than the fact that they can hit a home run the other way yeah yeah it opens up the whole plate they can cover everything and those are the guys that scare you the most as a pitcher I mean, there's so many hitters that you can get into like a 2-1 count and just be like, I can throw a fastball away here. He might hit a single to right, but I'm not yep. getting hurt. Or a lefty, he might dink one to left, but I'm not getting hurt. Michael Harris, you throw him a fastball down the way, it could be a good pitch and go 430 into the gap. I asked him about that the other day about his opposite field power. I said, is that something you've picked up in the last few years that's gotten you've, you've uh, focused more on or whatever? Because it's such, And he goes, no, it's a big part of my game. It really has been my whole life. He goes, when I, when I wasn't as, as, as strong early – like in high school, he didn't hit him over the fence, but he said, I hit a lot of line drives the other way. So it's like, I've yep. just always done that. So he goes, now they're going over the fence. So I don't know what's going on, but it's like, yeah, well, you wait, you know, 215 yep. now, you're built like a tank. Yeah, you're a beast. <laughs> That's what's happening. 
he was like 195, 200 at Rome. You look at the, and you look at him, he looks smaller than that. He doesn't even look like the same guy. He said, yeah, I saw video and photos of me at Rome, you know, just a few years ago. And he said, <laughs> barely recognizes him. He had the same legs. They were baggy pants, but he had big legs. But now he's, I mean, he's been like an NFL, uh, like a college or an NFL running fullback, like an old school fullback. That's what he's got. Yeah, I saw that. Field. I saw that video floating around of him celebrating Acuna's home run. He's in high school. And he, I mean, he's yeah. built like a child, you know, he's put on some mass since then. But the, the other impressive thing for me is that a lot of the guys that can hurt you the other way, like you can get them up and in, you can, you can uh-huh. stay in tight on them. And he also can hit a fastball in. And when he, when he pulls the ball, that's when you see his real power. Yeah. When he actually yeah. gets to rotate and, and catch a ball out front, that's when he hits those balls, those no doubters to right field that, that like that lefty left him a slider in the other day and he hit it off the foul pole. Yeah, um, he can hit a homer any part of the park. Yeah, and he gotta see, if you if you ought to see him uh, when he takes BP before he starts, he jumps in on the right side and takes a few swings. He can hit him out easily from the other side, <laughs> and he the only yeah. time he does it is in BP. He just jumps over and takes a few swings. That's how he starts his round. Then he gets over to the left side. <laughs> but he Whatever works. They're trying to hit home runs in batting practice. He's one of those guys that uh, you know stays in a disciplined approach. Yeah, I mean Freddie being the ultimate example of that. Man, Freddie, people that come out to watch BP, <laughs> they're so disappointed because they expect to see Freddie hitting them up, you know, by the chop house. And he Freddie's thinks the like, lamest BP in the game. <laughs> yeah, all he tries to do is hit line drives over the shortstop's head. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to see him and you know take your son. I want to see how far Freddie hits it, and he just peppers ball in the left center, yep. hundred and eighty feet on the line. And that's why he is the hitter. He is. Um, mm-hmm. And I saw Justin Turner, man, with the Dodgers when he was having his great year with the Dodgers a couple years ago come in. And I watched him take BP one time, and I'd never seen anybody take BP quite like him. Whereas Freddie tries to hit a line drive over the shortstop's head. JT was up there, and it was almost like he was catching the ball on the bat and throwing it over the infield. Yep. Like, and that's what he was doing. And, and I mean, that was his way of, you know, of, of, of taking BP, not trying to hit home runs but trying to catch the ball and kind of just cast it out. I mean, he was, uh, it was impressive. He was doing it to all fields. That's stay inside the ball. I mean, it, yep. you don't, there's not many big league hitters you can talk to that don't talk about staying inside the ball, but it just, it you're, you're able to let the ball get deep and hit it the other way. If yep. it's off speed, you can catch it up front. Not a lot of guys, it's, it's gotten bigger and bigger over the years, but, you stay inside the ball. It opens up the whole plate. If you have to catch the ball out front, you're you're exposed down the way. Yeah, most young guys just get in a cage and they cannot resist. You know, competing with each other, getting start talking shit and everything, and they're just trying to hit bombs, man. Oh, I'm sure it's tempting. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you have to swallow your pride and and swallow yeah. your ego and just be like, this is what works for me. I dink yeah. balls into left center. I stay inside it. I find the barrel this way and shut it down. You know, you know the fans want to see it. You and there's, there's always a one or two guys that just has these moonshot, incredible BPs to watch, and you're just sitting there dinking your singles. You know, it's not, yeah. it's definitely not sexy, but those guys that, I mean, Freddie's changed how everybody approaches hitting. It sounds like in LA. I mean, there's so many guys that are talking about it this year, and you see it, and you're just like, what are you doing, man? But if you understand it and understand the goal of staying inside the ball, it makes all the sense in the world. Tipper was a master at watching take BP, man. He, yeah, uh, the way how he would get ease into it. I think he'd lay down. That's a couple how he of got bunts. loose. He'd lay down a couple of bunts, and then he would start taking easy swings, 
hitting them to all yep. fields, hitting hitting them to all fields through the infield, and then he start taking a little bigger swings. But he never was in there just ripping home runs ever. Yeah, yeah. But that's funny you said that about not not uh, seeing what Chipper saw when he saw uh, Yelich. I'm like, what? You're not a, yeah. you're not a hitting savant like Chipper. <laughs> no, but he said that, and I mean, I, I I feel the same way about Harris. But he saw it. And he was watching Yelich's bat path and the pitches he could handle and that bats he was having. And I, it, early, you know, Yelich was a good player, but he was seeing the potential and he was like, that guy's going to win an MVP. And I just remember, I remember the comments so much because it, Yelich hadn't even caught my attention, especially yeah. being a lefty and I could get him out sometimes, you know, it was and like skinny. It's skinny. I just thought that this guy's a good player, but I didn't think he was anything special. And it was like two years later, it all clicked for him, and he oh wins an MVP. He was amazing that first that yeah. third year that it, he exploded with the Marlins. Um, EOF, what's the balance you would have between rest versus routine with the starters in this last couple of weeks? I don't. I assume he's I want to pitch start. I'm assuming he's talking about starting position players, but I don't know. I think he might be talking about because I've heard people saying Strider should only make one more start. I got you. But, yeah, he might or even that. even the starting play. I want people. I want to. If it was me personally, or if I'm running a team, I want everybody competing and out there. You know, you don't yeah. want to fall asleep and you don't want to get rusty. Yeah, I'd run you my starters up. You know, you keep their innings down. Right. Like you if, if, if you want to have too. Striders start the one of the last two games of the season, have them throw five or yeah. You know what I mean? Keep their innings yeah. down so you're not wearing them out. Don't ride them to 120 pitches, but yeah, I want them out there playing baseball. You know, I don't. Yeah, I don't want anybody coasting. Yeah, I agree, man. We saw that too many times with Bobby Cox's Braves teams when they would clinch early. I mean, and they were trying to do the right thing. They'd rest guys, they'd reshuffle the rotation so they're just in the order they want them in the postseason and that kind of thing. And But that was when guys were throwing over 200 innings, throwing 230 innings or whatever. But yeah. now they're not up there. None of these guys, they've used them right during the season, and none of them are, are having an alarming number of innings. Um, I would I would be Strider. I, I wouldn't let him go you know, seven, eight innings. Especially the way he pitches in his last couple of starts, throwing five. But you definitely you want you definitely want him going out there and doing his thing, you know, for five yeah. hits. Not not like taking it easy. You just you don't want to change things up, man. It's just so hard to flip that switch. It's like you know, this time of year, every part of your body is saying, "Can we go home yet?" Yeah. And if you give your body any taste of that, it's ready to start healing and shut it down. It's hard to. It's hard to coast and then hit the gas again. I think you just keep your foot on the pedal. You know, if you if you want to throw your starters, Charlie Strider, if uh, Max obviously doesn't have time to get back, but you want to throw those guys five innings. Now they're out there, they're competing, the juices are flowing. If you shut them down and have them throw sim games, it's just not the same. Yeah, we've just seen it too many times, man. We, and, and on the other hand, you see these these teams that are all in there battling for the last spots on the in, in, for wild card spots. They're going to go into the postseason firing on all cylinders, not like, yep. okay, let's get let's get this thing cranked back up. You know, I mean that's that's why you see wild card teams make these miracle runs. You know, teams that yeah, like the Cardinals the year they they caught up to us and go to the World Series, and it, that's why you see it so much is because there's no time to think or settle down or anything. Yep. I mean, you just keep plugging away, you just keep going. Yeah, Marlins did it twice. Cardinals did it once. I mean, even the Phillies last year, you know, they barely got by that first that first round, the wild card round. But look what happened when they did. You know, they got on a roll. And but, uh, anyway, yeah. uh, in the postseason, do you think Harris hits sixth or ninth so he can hit in front of Acuna? 
why would you change up anything in a postseason that's been so successful, the best offense in baseball yeah. all season? I mean, I don't know why you would what the logic would be is like we're going to do it differently in the postseason. No, I mean you're talking about an offense that I saw an article the other day. It might be the best offense of all time. <laughs> you know, when you are talking about an offense like that, you don't change anything. Yeah, and it's it's, it's nice. I mean, Acuna is not a real leadoff hitter. He shouldn't be doing it. It just clicks for him. But right. having Harris hitting almost 300 right in front of him, giving right. him a chance to drive in runs, I'm not messing with that. And Harris is the rare guy who actually likes hitting ninth. I mean, he's fine wherever you put him, but he likes no hitting ninth. He ain't, he's no dummy, man. He knows Acuna's coming up behind him. People yep. don't want to put him on base. He's going to get. He gets more pitches to hit in the ninth hole than he would get in most places in this lineup with Acuna coming up next. Yeah, it's and it's he gets such a lot of RBI opportunities because the guys he's got hit in front of him. Yeah, and you, just the confidence you have of knowing like they got to come see me because I got the MVP on deck. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just a, it's a perfect place. Everybody loves having a stud hit behind them because it just puts the pitcher in a position of having to make a decision. And it, there's situations, there's lineups Harris could be in where teams might pitch around him or not want to mess with him. But this one with Acuna behind him, like you got to challenge him. You can't put somebody on base for Acuna. It seems, Will P says, it seems inevitable that we lose Max to free agency. Do we know that what's the philosophical underpinnings behind AA's reticence to spend money on pitching? Man, you're getting a little deep there, Will P. Uh, the philosophical underpinnings are the Braves as an organization. And I, I had McGurk tell me this several times, Terry McGurk, the CEO, the head guy, the, uh, Alex's boss, tell me that free agency – in general, that's their philosophy, is not a way to build a team, but as a, in a, no more than in pitching. They cannot stand the thought of building a pitching staff through free agency, a starting rotation, that is. Because, and I, it's hard to disagree with him on this. I mean, he's doing it because, you know, they're a bottom line organization on top of one, on top of, of wanting to win. They want to make money, and they do it. They do both. Yep. They do both very well. But they look at the price of free agent pitching in recent years. And it's hard to argue because if you look at all of the big contracts, the biggest contracts for the best pitchers, how many of them have worked out and how many of them have been boondocks have just been blown up in the faces of the teams that gave them the vast majority of those huge contracts for the best starting yep. pitchers have not worked out. And if they did work out, it was for one or two years. And then you've got huge money to deal with in the latter half or more of those contracts. You can't argue with it. It's true. As much as I'd love to see them, and I hate when teams won't sign guys because they don't believe the mark, they don't believe uh, in paying guys for what they've done rather than what they're going to do. But it's hard to argue with them when you're looking at wanting to make money on top of wanting, and in addition to wanting to win. Because those free agent pitching dollars, the free agent starting pitching contracts have not worked out. They just haven't. The free agent I'd love to argue contract. you here, but I mean, I mean, it's a hard one to argue. And and the free agent shortstop contracts almost behaved like starting pitching contracts. That market exploded because one or two contracts were given out. Then the other guys just fell in line and, and teams felt like, if I want a starting shortstop, I've got to give this money out. Well, you could argue that four or five of those seven contracts or whatever went out to shortstops are not looking like very good investments right now. I know it's not what yeah, you asked about, but those those contracts are not looking very good in several cases. 
Yeah. I mean, there's an insane amount of money in the game and teams should spend it. But at the same time, it's like, especially with pitchers, it's so hard to stay healthy for a long time. And the way that the, you know, if guys hit free agency after three years or four years, but six years of starting is a lot of miles. Yeah. And Max is going to be like 30 years old, man. The thing with Max that they should have done, I think would have been fair on both sides. And I can't say for sure that they didn't try this because they both sides had been pretty private in this. The Braves are always private in this, but I, I don't think Max, if he, if they've made him an offer, he hasn't, he hasn't indicated or, or characterized it as such. Maybe after the fact he will, but the fair thing for the Braves would to do would have done, would have been to do this two years ago or at the latest last year. Yeah. Because that way they're taking on some of the risk and he's taking on some risk at this point. It's him taking all the risk because there's, well, he's one year from free agency. Yeah. So the, the contract offer now has to be bigger than it would have been two years ago when he was taken, when he was, they were taking on some risk. They're not taking on much risk now a year from free agency, you know? Well, yeah. You're looking at what you're getting. I mean, you're pretty close to it. You know, you can see this guy's still pretty damn productive. Yeah. Right. And he's but, coming off a year where he only made eight starts. So his value might be down a little bit on the, uh, what, what it would have been a year ago. But um, you know, with Max, you would have left some on the table if they'd have made this offer two years ago when you could have been hurt twice more or have serious injuries, you know. Now there's only one year left for the Braves to risk, you know, some serious elbow or, or shoulder injury, whereas two years ago with a starting pitcher, they're taking on a lot of risk. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, if I'm Max, they got to offer me a lot more now per year than they would have two years ago for me to stay. And he's got to be pretty confident in his health. You know, I mean, for me, anytime I see guys, pitchers especially, getting to this point, you know, I'm like, I don't know how you'd turn down yeah, 120, you know, to try to get 200. Like, what's the difference? Yeah. But these guys, you know, they know they're setting up contracts for future starting pitchers. Somebody's always going to want to make a splash, and there's a chance you get that huge deal. And you're also making so much. You know, right. you get to arbitration, you're making – like, you're set for life either way at the time you get to this point. But Right. I don't know. You, I mean, it, it happened to right the that got hurt at the worst time. I'm always like, dude, just take the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? There's a few factors that I think come into play here on why, if he does sign an extension with the Braves, I think some people are going to be going, wow, I thought he was going to get more than that. There's a few factors in play here. One, what you mentioned – He's had TJ surgery as a prospect that really that held him back two years before he really started his major league career. Yep. He's had this this forearm scare, which I'm sure scared him because you don't know yep. if, if this is going to be another TJ, and in which case your whole future looks different. So, and then he's had this blister thing, which it's a it's a minor deal, but if it keeps cropping up, you know, you don't know how much it's going to affect you. And some other little nagging things he's had because he's not a real heavy muscular guy he's had some little nagging hamstrings that kind of thing he's a slightly built guy for a hell of a pitcher um so these are factors in addition to he came from he came from a family upper middle class family with good money i mean he didn't come from it's not like he grew up in poverty you know so he's looking right. to jump on a first um he's not an extravagant guy he doesn't need you know <laughs> he doesn't need to be the highest paid pitcher and all that stuff yeah these are just reasons why i think the Braves might, and he like, and he loves pitching for the Braves too. He loves the, the coaching staff. He loves his teammates. Everybody thinks he wants to get back to uh, L.A. Sure, I mean he loves L.A., but he also loves pitching for the Braves, and he can live in L.A. in the offseason, which is what he does. So, 
that's not going to be a deciding factor for him. I don't even know how much he wants to deal with all the hassle of pitching in front of family and friends every night either, you know, of getting tickets for everybody. A lot of people don't want that. Um, no, I hated it in Seattle. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just totally spitballing, but I'm thinking, you know, if the Braves, it's not too late for them to sign him. I think a lot of people think it is too late. It's not too late. And it could be something closer to uh, 20 million than 30 million a year. You know, yeah. I, I, that'll be the the buy. You know, he will leave some money on the table for sure, but it would allow them to get into that. They've had this twenty two million dollar figure, which for whatever reason has been the highest of any of these extensions. But all those guys obviously signed way before free agency compared to Max, so they could get them and keep it at twenty two million a year, and it and it allows you to to fill in the team with so many other good players where, it, where you're in a big percentage of your 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 payroll is not going to one guy, but their payroll has gone up steadily. They sold out. They've already sold out more than 50 games at Truist Park this year. They're going to rank like third or fourth in the majors. They're making money hand over fist, man. Yeah. Tons of money. They can yeah. afford to give Max free to contract that goes over that 22 million figure in a few of the years. In other words, yep. it could go to 25, 26 million and maybe still average, you know, yeah, and again, just spitballing, but average closer to twenty million than thirty million. Yeah, say five years, say five years, a hundred and uh, uh, forty million, something like that. Just, uh, yeah. just ballparking. I don't know if that's realistic, but a lot of people would say, "Oh, Max Fried's going to get two hundred fifty million dollars." Well, he's not at age thirty. I don't think, uh, you know, probably not. But he might get a lot higher AAV than what I'm talking about. Now he might do That's that. That's the tricky Somebody, part is there's, he could get a three years, 90 tonight, you know, if he was a free. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he it, might get three years, 120. I don't yeah. think so, but yeah. he could, he might. Yeah. If, if he, he goes might, out and he's healthy next year, <laughs> that, he's a, he's an eighth on the market and he's young enough. Right. Right. And the Dodgers, if they don't get uh say Otani, you know, I know they love Max. Like every team does, they might be willing to give him you know, no, three years. Nobody doesn't years. want Max, right? So, so maybe somebody Whatever gives your him. Plans are. So maybe somebody gives him a shorter deal of thirty-five million a year. But if you're Max, maybe you don't want to go somewhere. Maybe you love where you comfortable where you are, and you'd like to have this taken care of and get a five or six million or five or six-year deal, so you don't have to worry about this again until the end yeah. of your career when you're signing one-year deals for as long as you want to stick around. Yeah, it's not a fun process to go through for most guys. But, you know, I think. You get to a point, though, especially if you feel like maybe you're getting lowballed or you could be worth more. Yeah. You start getting this close. Yeah. You just you want to find out how much right. you're leaving on the table sure. before you take a deal. Sure. Yeah, it's hard to predict what's going to happen, man. Yeah. Hard. hard, I just, hard, I'm, hard I'm, I'm just in the boat where I'm always just like, man, freak injuries, stuff like that. Just take your fortune and be happy. But there's other guys that push it, and I always was – the guys that would turn down these deals, I'd be like, man, you're crazy. You could be set for life. And they just had this crazy confidence in themselves and their health. And then they, they go out and get double the money on the free agent market. And you're like, all right, I get it. Good for you. But I wouldn't have the balls to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ken A says, Dave, he hit six last night. Going back to the uh, Harris question. That's where the question comes from. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's hit. He's hit in some other spots. He hit up at the top of the order when Oz was out, too. Um, and Snit is trying some things, but he's also resting some guys a day here, a day there. We'll see. We'll see. But I'm just saying they have stuck with him in the nine hole all year. And when his full healthy lineup is in there, it's not going to surprise me if he keeps him in the ninth spot. 
just because it's worked so well. I just but, love, I well, I mean, three guys in a row, honestly, three dynamic guys with power and speed, nine, one, two. Yeah. You don't get that much. I, I love those guys all coming up in a row with Ozzy even being a switch hitter. You got lefty, righty, and then switch. You know, it makes it really hard to match up for Acuna. Um, but it just, if you could hit shuffle on this lineup. You could just hit the shuffle button yeah, yeah. and see what pops Literally. up and you're fine. Literally. I mean, I would keep Acuna in the leadoff spot, but then you could shuffle the rest of it and it would still yeah. be a great lineup regardless of where they hit. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> yeah, you'd be fine. You're gonna score you're gonna score seven runs a game. You can hit just hit random playlist and you're good. I mean and and if he it comes right down to it, you could even shuffle with Acuna there, although it'd be kind of stupid to not bat him lead off. But you could. I mean, because if he hits fourth, if he hits sixth, he's gonna have to yeah. hell of a you just be, you know, you hit that shuffle button, you'd be pretty pissed off if you saw Acuna in the right. seventh hole. You do want to hit that button again, but anything else after that, I mean you yeah. could do whatever you want. He, he terrifies pitchers in that leadoff spot, and I want him there where teams have to think. I'm starting this out with Acuna. I cannot throw a first-pitch strike that's hittable. Although he some still of them gets still them. Do it. It's the most shocking thing to me watching these games. The other day, the Phillies throw him a first-pitch fastball, middle in, he hits a homer. I'm like, how does nobody know you cannot do that under any circumstance? You have to pitch it. You have to throw an 0-2 pitch, first pitch of the game, because he is yeah. trying to hit a bomb. And <laughs> he got a fastball 94 middle in. It's, on, yeah, it's a homer. It's, like, mistake, how is yeah. this still happening? If you're going to make a mistake, miss low, man. Miss it. To, <laughs> bounce it. Don't throw it in the box. <laughs> the <first pitch laughs> I mean, there's a 50% chance he swings. Throw a first pitch slider in the dirt and then start yeah, the why? Yeah, why risk missing with a first pitch fastball, man? I don't understand it. Bounce I don't understand giving him a fastball ever it. on the first pitch of the game. Go first pitch. Breaking ball and hope he chases, man, although he hasn't yeah. chased much this year. Uh, Anything but a fastball in. Also, had Darno hitting seventh last line. And a lot of that is the catchers were hitting a lot of high, higher in the order earlier in the year when they were raking. Yeah. So neither one is now, so they're hitting back down where they probably should, where where a catcher typically hits. You know, yeah. still not down that low, but getting there. So, anyway, a um, couple more things here. Uh Seems like Freed might be an exception, especially with Charlie possibly retiring in a year or two. Yeah, yeah, that's what I that, – there's no doubt. I mean, we've heard Alex say he's so – he spends so much time stressing or, or focused on the fact that they have so few starters signed beyond – or under control beyond 25. And with Charlie having not decided yet whether he's going to pitch next year, and if he has decided, he hasn't told anybody. Maybe he's told Alex, but he hasn't told anybody else. So and I don't think he's made up that decision yet. But it sounds like he's leaning towards not coming back. Although this time last year, it felt like the same thing. Then they gave him that extension in September a little earlier last year to, to kind of alleviate that that thinking. Just let's get it out of the way. But now he's, there's no extension. He's just got an option. But it's a big option. And if the team wants him back, it's hard to leave that $20 million on the table. If you're Charlie and you're still healthy, only he knows how good he feels. But he's showing no signs of wear and tear. Spin rate, Velo's still there. If I'm him and they win the World Series, goodbye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See you later. I'm going yeah. out like that. Yeah, that would be I, hard. I think that it. probably was part of what brought him back last year was that that early yep. exit. You know, that's not how you want to leave things. Yeah, they signed him to the extension earlier last year, but he could have easily walked away, and they would not. Oh yeah, him. you're right. Yeah, that, but they could have walked away, and that wouldn't have been an issue with the team or him. Yeah. Um, so they said the matchups. What do you see projected right now? Um, Philly 
Dodgers, Orioles. Yeah, I mean, that's what it looks like right now. The way the Phillies are playing, man, they're 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 a little scary right now, man. They got they got a great lineup. They're getting better pitching. Nola's pitching better. Uh, their bullpen is so much better than it used to be. It's just, that bullpen is really good. Yeah. Uh, Dodgers, uh, until somebody beats the Dodgers in, for, in the division series, I'm not going to believe it's going to happen. Right. Uh, and then the Orioles are playing great. I think the Orioles are the team on the other side. The Rays obviously could make a run, but they've had some injuries. Um, the, the Orioles are – They think, this seems like the Orioles' moment to, to, really, to really go yep. deep and make a run. That's what it feels like that they've got that magic to them. You know, the way they're playing, I've watched them play a few times, some of the comeback wins. I mean, it, they've got that energy. Who would you want to see in the in the division series? If I'm the Braves, not the Phillies. Same. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought. Just because, I mean, they got Wheeler and Nola. Yeah. You know, and they got yep. that offense that can get back, get them back into any game. The way they played the Braves, you know. Yeah, they're they're just and after last year, I mean, they're just a dangerous team. I'm yeah. sure if I was on the team, I'd want to beat them, and you want a piece of them, and you want to put them out and do what they did to you. But looking at it from the outside, I'm like that team's scary. Um, I think if it is the Phillies, I think it was a toss up. Freeb would have probably been game one, but I think you had to at least consider Strider for game one against the Phillies because of his unbelievable numbers against them. Yeah, the only the only exception being last year when he faced them coming off the injury in the, the division series and pitch like crap. But yep. when he's healthy, his numbers against them in a regular season are just ridiculous. So now with Freed's blister thing, I think it's kind of a no brainer to go with uh, Strider in game one. If it's well, whoever it is in the division series, because you give Freed another two days for this blister to heal. And he can get Trey Turner out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Strider, I think, has got to be your game one starter now, regardless. Just that two extra days, even if Freed's blister feels completely healthy in a week, what's what? Why not give him two extra days if you can? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's hard to pass up on Freed, though. I know, but I mean, Strider against the Phillies is a different animal. Yeah, you're right. But who knows, man? You can't go wrong either way. Having those two guys first, but. I like having Strider in game one and then being able to bring him back for a game four against the Phillies. Yeah, I get the chance to have him pitch twice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right, everybody, we appreciate it. And uh, sorry that we had the freed conversation to deal with, but uh, hope we helped out some, maybe, maybe bring some off the ledge if they were there. I thought the Braves, otherwise, I mean, last night was, uh, until we heard the Freed news, last night was a great night for the Braves, man. I mean, the, the yeah. offense was back clicking like all like it has been for almost the entire season. We look really good. Uh, it's good to see Olsen hit, going deep again. I mean, he's had 53 homers, man. Just flipping the ball out to the left. Uh, Acuna stealing again. The calf is obviously completely healthy. He gets that triple. I mean, he is completely healthy. Now it's like he's now he's one homer and two stolen bases from 40-70. I just can't see him going 40-70 and not win an MVP. I really can't. I don't care about Beth's war. I'm going uh, uh, just Cunha 40-70 to me as MVP. I yeah, I just I can't I haven't watched Betts as much, but I can't imagine anybody having a bigger impact on a team minus yeah. Otani. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And Otani did it on a crappy team. Yeah. All right. 
that's it. We're done. Everybody, 755 is real. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys again uh, soon. Thanks. Thanks.